0: Good afternoon and uh, good to see you. Thank you very much for being here and being so patient. Uh, What a wonderful passage uh, that has just been read to us from John's Gospel, chapter one. I wonder, is there anybody here who is called John? (laughs) No Johns today. I understand it is now the the 40th most popular name in the country, but uh, maybe a generation ago, uh, half the people here would have been would have been called John. Um, Because it was not only very popular uh, a generation ago, but it was also very popular at the time uh, that this gospel was written. Uh, Because here we come across not just one John, uh, but uh, two Johns. We've got John who wrote the book, uh, which bears his name, and he's done so for a very specific reason. He actually tells us in chapter 20, verse 31, the reason why he has uh, written the book. Uh, he says, uh, these things I've written to you that you may believe that Jesus is the Son of God and by believing you may have life in his name. So, so this John who has written this gospel is very clear um, why uh, he's written this gospel. So that's John number one. And then he mentions another John uh, and this one is highlighted in chapter 1, verse 4. We call him John the Baptizer, in order to differentiate him from John who wrote the Gospel. So why did John who wrote this book introduce us to John the Baptizer? Well, remember the purpose he's written the book. So that you may believe in Jesus, the Christ, the Son of God. So now he says, I'm introducing you to this man whose name is John, and I'm going to call on him as a witness to testify concerning the light. We'll come to that in a wee minute. So that through him, the person who is the light, all people might believe. So John obviously thinks that this other John, John the Baptist, will help us, the people who are reading, the people who are hearing, Uh, to believe that Jesus, the one he's already described as the word and the light, is worth believing in. Here's John the Baptist who has seen Jesus for himself. He knows him, he admires him, and he's sufficiently willing to stand up and testify as a witness so that others in turn might believe what he is saying is true. Now the words testify and witness are legal terms and uh, um, I understand the word witness or testify is found 47 times in this gospel. I don't know if any of you have been called to be a witness or to testify in a court of law. Some of you doubtless have been required to do so and you might say to your solicitor uh, if so-called What am I to say? And uh, if your legal representative has any good, she'll say to you, um, say exactly what you've seen. Um, The judge isn't interested in your opinions. Uh, He's interested in the facts. So tell him what you have seen, what you have uh, observed with your very own eyes, the things you've heard with your very own ears. Because after all, when you testify... In a court of law, you have to say, I promise to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So, John the Baptizer, as somebody who had seen Jesus, who knew Jesus, admired Jesus, was called in by John, the author of this book, to tell the truth, to testify about Christ, so that us, the people who read, might in turn believe for ourselves what John the author calls life, life in all its fullness. So that's all very clear, It's, it's transparent. John the Apostle himself believes in Jesus and he's extremely keen that you and everybody else might also believe in Jesus and receive new life through him. And he's so clear about it that he asked John the Baptist to step forward as a witness about Jesus as well. There'll be more said about John the Baptist as a later date, uh, except to say here that when John testifies truthfully as a witness, it isn't concerning himself. It's concerning Jesus. Uh, Just as the moon reflects the sun's rays and is not the sun, so John is not the son of God. He only reflects the glory of the one who is God's son. So John the Baptist's purpose is not to direct our gaze on himself but to direct our gaze towards Christ and that's a very wonderful thing to do. I wonder if you agree with me that truth and transparency and straightforward integrity is pretty short supply at the moment in society. We live in a world where there's a lot of fake news no shortage of lies, whether it's Russia concerning the poisoning of Sergei Skripal and Yulia, his daughter in Salisbury, or from Saudi Arabia concerning the murder of the journalist in the embassy in Turkey, or maybe some of you have been following about Paul Manaford lying to the FBI concerning alleged rushing meddling in the 2016 election. So truth and honesty are very rare. I recently chatted to a very respected journalist here in the city and I asked him in all his years of reporting covering politics were there any people he knew of real integrity and he thought for a moment I thought he was going to say no but he actually said well there are two Uh, I won't elaborate who they were um, but quite plainly in his view transparency and light and and openness is in shocking short supply so when john here tells that john the baptist is his first witness to say about how good the lord jesus is that is worth noting uniquely jesus this son of god is somebody so clear, so pure, so transparently attractive that the only way he can be described is as light. And in a dark and difficult and duplicitous world where we all feel compromised and contaminated by lies, how fantastic when we see somebody we can trust, someone we can admire, someone it says in verse 14, who has come from the Father and is full of grace and truth So this true light that gives light to women and men in verse 9 has now come into the world, verse 14. Uh, And uh, it puts it this way, the word became flesh and made his dwelling upon us. And this is, of course, what we call the incarnation. The one who was in the beginning, verse 1, who was with God and was God, this light in whom there was life took on human form. And as Eugene Peterson has put it, moved into our neighbourhood full of grace and truth. So here's the Lord Jesus, the Son of God, who existed with the Father and the Holy Spirit from the beginning. This perfect person that John the Baptist testifies about has come into the world. And although our world was made by him or through him, verse 10, the world did not recognise him. As some of you know, my dad was an artist and there were times uh, I remember as a boy being at an exhibition where my dad's work was on display and people would be there looking at his work. People would pass comment about his pictures. Some people would even buy his work and they weren't even aware that the artist who had painted the pictures was there in the room and they could have spoken to him. They could have had conversation with him. The word became flesh flesh. And although the world was created by him and he came to his own property, most people hadn't a clue that it was him. And when he came to his own people again, sadly, few welcomed him, even fewer received him as Lord and God. I told you that my dad was an artist and it was my dad's mission in life to help people see with an artist's eye. Not just to see, but to really see, to see shape and form, to see light and shade, to see colour and texture. My dad's purpose, in his own words, was to help people see. Now my brother is an ophthalmologist and it is my brother's mission in life to help people see. With a surgeon's skill, he performs operations that remove cataracts and repairs retinal detachments. He helps people see. So that they not just are looking at shadows, but looking with clarity. So my brother's purpose, in his words, is to help people see. Now I'm a preacher, and it's my mission in life to help people see. As the Bible is opened, as the scriptures unfold, as they explained, my goal in life is to help people see not just the words of the text, but the word behind the text. My purpose in life is to help people see. I wonder if I can explain. What do we have here? What is it? Two faces? Two faces? Anybody see the vase? Okay. What's that? A duck? (laughs) Can anybody see a rabbit? With ears? Okay. Can you see a woman? Can anybody see a sexosophist? A saxophone player. Okay, that's maybe the more difficult one. Have a look at that afterwards. Um, So it is possible to see, and yet not really see. And when Jesus came into the world, into the world he had made, to the people he had created, many people saw him, but very few actually saw him who he really was. The Creator God who had come on a vital rescue mission into the world. He came into the world, the world did not recognize him. He came to his own people, but they did not receive him. But to everyone who did receive him, to those who saw with the eye of faith and believed in his name, something remarkable happened. In fact, we're told something absolutely incredible took place. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children. Children of God. But you might say, aren't we all children of God? Well, actually, according to this, not so. John says to all who received him, to those who recognized him, welcomed him, believed in him, he gave the right to be children of God. So to be a child of God is a gift Uh, It's not uh, from natural descent, it's not a human decision, it's not a husband's will, but it's something where we're born of God. Uh, A little later in in chapter three in John's Gospel, John explains about the miraculous new birth, how Nicodemus can become a child of God through the new birth. Sometimes people ask very boldly, was a pregnancy planned? Well, John says, if anybody who has encountered the Word made flesh really sees who he is and discerns God's glory in him, that person is given the privilege of becoming a child of God. A child able to call God father, a child able to call Jesus brother, a child able to experience all the riches and all the treasures that our Creator God can offer the person uh, who is here and promises to lead and guide and comfort and help and transform after the likeness of the one and only, the one who is full of grace and truth. We're nearly finished. Let me make two uh, very specific implications or applications, if I may, from this little section of John 1. The first one is for uh, those who uh, follow the Lord Jesus, those who are Christians, And in the words of this text, have recognized him and received him and become children of God. What is our responsibility? Well, quite simply, like John the baptizer, it is to witness. It is to testify concerning Jesus in the prayer and the expectation that others will believe. We don't have to make up anything. We don't have to say something fancy. We don't have to become a great uh, apologist or a philosopher, although we're glad of those before we speak, it's not necessary to use big or important words. All we have to do is tell the truth. Tell our story, how God has met us, the difference the Lord Jesus has made in our life, in the expectation that somebody else might also be interested in that story and respond to the one who is altogether lovely. So that's application number one. And if that's relevant for those who call themselves Christian, application number two is for any who wouldn't yet call themselves uh, believers. Because here in John's Gospel, John the Apostle has written these things in a short book and called on different witnesses, including people such as John the Baptist, to tell their story, to tell their truth about Jesus in the hope that you too may discern for yourself how to have your sins forgiven, a relationship with God, And become his child. And that's why the John's Gospels are here to take away, to read further about how it is possible for you to experience this as well as many other countless people at this time and through the generations. Not just to see Jesus, but really to see him in the face. Christ. Will we pray together? Heavenly Father, thank you for this invitation to become your child, not because of anything we've done, not because of who we are, not because of the homes we've come from, not even for decisions made on our behalf, but because of your great love for us in Jesus Christ. Please will you help us respond to you as best as we are able and to trust in you today for every aspect of our lives and all is for your glory. Amen.